I feel like this is the point in the writer's room where they said, so so The Rock's going to hold a helicopter. <laughs> and no one's going to give a shit about the actual virus because he's going to hold a helicopter with his bare hands. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 568 with a review of Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Stephen Miller. And I'm David Klein. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're here to talk about another Fast and the Furious spinoff film. And we are joined once again by David Klein. How are you doing tonight? I am wonderful. I am so excited to talk about this movie because it was awesome. <laughs> and well, I'm excited because I realized I have never been on an episode with David Klein, actually. What? How is that possible? Yeah, it's never happened. I think you've only come in on episodes when I was, like, traveling in another place. Oh, my God. And so, like, you filled in for me, but we've never yeah. met. Oh, that's right. Well, except we've worked together for, like, a year and a half, but we've never <laughs> met on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Oh my god, what a happy occasion. The yeah. truth of it is that like Hobbs and Shaw, these two do not get along at all. No. And I have to swing in and try to get them to work together with my secret mission of releasing an episode about the film. So Wait, is that what happened in this movie? So you're Vanessa Kirby in this? <laughs> Which one of us is attracted to you? <laughs> uh, I'll leave it for you guys to decide. <laughs> uh, but... As we are talking about a spinoff of another series, I did want to ask you guys to start off this episode... Do you think that the Fast and the Furious film franchise, including this one, now have, like, the Marvel problem of when you watch a Hobbs and Shaw, are you not thinking, where are the Avengers? <laughs> like, basically, where is the rest of the cast? Why are just these people going off to have this mission? Yeah, I definitely saw that headline that said they're basically in the X-Men now. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm still pretty grounded. I'm, I think this is still pretty grounded in reality, you know, besides the complete insanity of everything that happens in this movie and every moment of the movie being insane. No, I think it's still pretty good. I, I will say, like, in in the framing of the movie, at least, it makes sense why they are the only two people that show up. Um, like, like, I feel like there's never an opportunity that they would have to, like, go back to America and, like, rally the family to well, there are... drive. <laughs> I still don't know what the <laughs> skills of anyone in the movie, like, in the Fast and Furious franchise are, so I don't know who they would call anyway. But they definitely... There are people who talk on phone about recording these or, or recruiting these two people and trying to get them to work together. Mm-hmm. You would think they also have on speed dial all the other members of the other films. I guess these two are just willing to work for less than the rest of the cast is. <laughs> well, and, and these two, I, I mean, The Rock at least like is in law enforcement, so he's easy to tap, right? Yeah, yeah. something like this. Jason Statham, I don't know. You guys in the movie review are going to have to tell me what he is because. <laughs> This movie is not what I remember him being. <laughs> are you are you forget I mean are we going to talk about how he's basically a mass murderer? I don't understand. That is a problem I have with this character. Like he kills a lot of people in Fast 7. Yep. So I don't know why he's walking around. But, but he was killing a lot of people in protection of a baby. <laughs> what? No, he kills a lot of people in a hospital. 
That's how the movie starts in Fast Seven. We can get into it. That is also true. Yeah, that's definitely true. But the baby makes him change his ways. Okay, so I I feel like uh, we we can do it in the movie review, but there are definitely things about his character arc revealed in this movie that made me, like, almost second guess if I had seen Furious 7. Because I was like, isn't he a murderer? I feel like this movie is making us, like, care a lot about his childhood and all these other things in a way that is very interesting. Well, the last film does start with both him and... The Rock, for some reason, breaking out of prison, <laughs> right? Oh, one of the greatest scenes ever filmed in any movie. I mean, that action sequence is yeah. incredible. And Not I think, since Escape yeah. Plan has there ever been a scene. How dare you? <laughs> uh, I watched that movie, only the first one, though, not the second or the third one. It's terrible. I don't understand what Sylvester Stallone's doing. He just needs to retire. So well, this is where I reveal my shame that I have never seen uh, Fate of the Furious. Oh, my I, God. Yeah, because I think you were on that review last time. I did that review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was because I was out of town, and I never caught up with it after that. And then oh. when I saw Hobbs and Shaw, I was like, maybe I should watch Fate of the Furious. And then last night, I looked at the runtime, and it was two and a half hours. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, maybe, it's a maybe I'm just going to let them fill in the blanks on that one for yeah. me. Yeah, but you've got like Giants Bane, you know, Mick redhead guy who's in it from game of thrones like it's a fun movie you got charlie's like i think it's a, I, I think that's a definite watch i'll, I'll do it i, I just remember yeah. so my memory of the franchise is like uh five six and seven masterpieces great like perfect <laughs> perfect movies as far as i'm concerned and then eight when it came out i feel like i missed it and everyone who was talking about it was kind of like like mealy mouthed about it they were kind of like eh, you know it was it was fun and and just nobody was that excited about the movie so i never dove in to watch it oh wow i did not have that experience i i remember being crazy excited about it and i loved it i actually think it was better than six and seven wow but maybe i'm crazy yep <laughs> <laughs> But that's new. That's a different there. podcast. No, I, 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 I believe that I enjoyed the film too. I, I'll be honest; I did not even go back and look at my, my, what my rating was for the previous film. I'm sure it was a must-watch without caveat because that movie's incredible. <laughs> so did, I definitely remember having fun both watching the film and recording that episode with you. Speaking of yeah, things, we had fun. Speaking of things, I had fun with where the sequel does not excite me at all. Did you see the trailer for Jumanji two before this movie? <laughs> Yeah, the, the, it's it's all nonsense. But like, what? Like, I don't remember anything that happened in Jumanji, but the movie was awesome. I oh, loved yeah. it. <laughs> I, I had but fun I can't with tell you what happened. Yeah, it's hilarious. So I think, and the, the the fact that they changed it. Spoiler for the trailer for Jumanji too. That it's now Danny DeVito and uh, is it Danny Glover? Uh, yeah, I are, think so. are like the two character are the Rock and uh, Kevin Hart. That's funny. That's a clever change. So I'm definitely going to watch that movie when I rent it because I don't want to see it in the theater. See, my feeling is, and for sure, I'm going to watch it on an airplane. Like that is where that movie lives. <laughs> yeah. um, but my feeling was that switcheroo is a funny premise. Do I want to watch two hours of that? Like with characters of that, like. Like the fish out of water thing where they're kind of going to be low energy characters who, if the trailer is any indication, like don't have a clue what is going on. Do I want to watch that for a whole movie? I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. I, so, I have faith based on the first movie. If it's the same team that's coming back, I have faith they'll figure it out. Yeah. I For, for me, being that I'm Christopher Schneezy, when I watch that trailer, all I do is do people math and go, sure, you're mixing up the formula, but you haven't shown where the other three people went. 
Mm. And it just makes me that, wonder. I, I was wondering the same thing. Like, where are all the kids then? What happened? But like, you literally see them go into the game before the adults, the, the adults, before the old people do. You are proving why we need to watch that movie. You are intrigued as am I. And we're going to watch it together. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it. And we'll reconvene for that episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. More episodes for me. I'm so excited. But in the meantime, we're going to review. Oh, yeah. We have to, we have to, we have to talk <laughs> about this piece of shit. But actually, it's an amazing. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, we are going to give you guys a review of Fast yeah. and Furious Present Hobbs and Shaw. But before we can do that, as always, we have to take a listen to the trailer for the film. And then when we come back... And when we come back, we'll have a fun little review for you. Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw. We've got unfinished business. Shaw's sister took something from me. A virus that could wipe out half the population. And I want it back. You want to tell me just what we're dealing with here? It's my sister. Family business. When it's the fate of the world, it becomes my business. This whole thing sounds really dodgy. Look after your sister. Listen, I'll handle it. The only way we survive is working together like a team. Let's do this. Buckle up, fat boy. On my three. One. Ah! Woo! Hey, see the look on his face? You have no idea how long I've been waiting to do that. Because yeah, it's time. The music's already started. Let's see if we can get him sick. So you guys are being hunted by an army of mercenaries led by a genetically enhanced soldier. Look at me. I'm Black Superman. You're crazy. Damn. He really is Black Superman. You need to get off the grid. Where? Home. My babies come home. I'm sorry to bring trouble here, Mama, but I need my brothers. This family is going to war. We're going to need cars and guns. Mama, where's all our guns? I get rid of them. Very noble, Mrs. Hobbs. We are in serious trouble. That's an understatement. That's good old school. Well, all right. That was the trailer for Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Basically, it is a film in which... Uh, an evil, potentially, organization is trying to advance the human race through cybernetics and augmentation, and in the meantime, steal a scientifically manufactured virus that has the potential to destroy the entire planet, or 
by destroying the entire planet, of course, mean kill everyone on it. And Hobbs and Shaw have to do their best to track down the person who stole the virus from the bad guys and protect the virus from the bad guys so that they can prevent the death of the entire planet. Honestly, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'm glad. <laughs> Is that what this movie was about? I mean, that's the plot of this film. <laughs> David okay. Klein. Fuck, did I watch Daddy Daycare? <laughs> <laughs> David Klein, you are our guest on this episode. Why don't you let us know? You've already said this is a piece of shit. Why don't you let us know how you really feel? No, okay. I have thought about this a lot because I'm really struggling with this movie because I love the characters and I love the premise and I love this series. Um, And I know that you're supposed to turn off that part of your brain that says – Hey, what's going on here? Every time you watch one of the Fast and Furious movies because they're basically superheroes who can make cars do things that defy gravity and physics. Um, This movie I think went a little too far in terms of what is realistic. I kept saying to myself, oh, oh, he's dead. Oh, no way he survived that. We're 20 minutes in. That character is definitely dead. So – it was a little troubling on that front, but I, I still enjoyed the movie tremendously, but it was a little too stupid to to appreciate and walk away and say, that's a great movie. It was just a little too cartoonish and ridiculous, and actually I found it pretty hard to follow uh, geographically, and I kept asking, wait, how did they do that? Why did they do that? There was just so little explanation, which I guess when you have a movie this ridiculous is a good thing. Um but yeah, I, I I definitely recommend this movie. I had a great time watching it, but it's <laughs> it, it's it's one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen. To be to be really honest, it's pretty dumb. And when I came home, my wife said, "How was it?" I, I it was hard to it was hard to show excitement because there were so many things that were just dumb uh, and made no sense. But hell, I really enjoyed watching it, and I might watch it again. <laughs> I like how it just. You, Adding that little extra little bit of like, but I enjoyed it, and also I'm totally going to see it again. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, I can't. I I can recommend this movie, but I think if you missed it, uh, I think you'll be okay. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> All right, Stephen Miller. David seems to think this is a terribly stupid movie, but had a lot of fun with it. Wants to see it again. Where do you rest on that spectrum? Yeah, I agree with the first part. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, okay, this, I was trying to think about what is it about the Fast and Furious franchise that I really like, because it kind of like, the the more they turn into superheroes, the more it becomes a like, James Bondy, Mission Impossible type film. And the question is like, how does it carve out its own space in that world? Um, and I think the thing is like, it isn't as cool as those movies, and the action will never be as practical or as like viscerally exciting as mission impossible but what it always has is like a cartoonish fun like like crazy set pieces heartwarming characters kick-ass cars like a good bit of comedy like it's the cartoon version of those movies and in this one i feel like all of those elements were kind of there but not in a way that i was vibing with the way that for most fast and furious movies i can i think one problem and this is going to sound like a very basic criticism I don't think there's enough cars in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) There's not enough fast or furious. Yeah, like it it isn't furious enough. uh, It isn't fast enough. Um, I mean, there are things that are really fun here. I think 
I think as the movie goes along, the set pieces get progressively better. In the beginning, I think the action choreography is dog shit. Like, the opening couple set pieces in the movie for the first, like, half hour, I had no clue what was going on. I felt like every time the camera cuts, it's, like, three days later. Like, there there felt like there was no cohesion in the way yeah, that yeah. the action was filmed. And the comedy, it reminded me of when I saw Trainwrecked and... Trainwrecked, like, I was brought in thinking, oh, it's a Judd Apatow movie, it's gonna be really funny, everybody likes it, and I just, like, didn't crack a smile that whole movie. This was kind of like that, where there are scenes that I thought should have been really funny, like The Rock and Jason Statham facing each other in a split screen, hurling insults back and forth, and I just, like, I, I wasn't vibing with the humor of this movie at all. Um, there are cameos that I won't name. We'll talk about it later. But none of, none of those rubbed me the way I feel like they're supposed to. It was just kind of like, I see what you're doing and I get why it should be fun, but I'm not feeling it for some reason. Um, I warmed up to this movie a lot as it went along. I think the like last half hour or so of this movie are legitimately just awesome fun in the normal Fast and Furious way. But man, there for me, it was kind of like a slog to get there. Uh, and yeah, any form of geography doesn't make sense in this movie. Like their overnight flight from London to Russia like is like a three-hour plane ride or something. <laughs> um, I think the one joke that really summarizes it to me is The Rock getting on a plane, looking at his seats to trying to figure out where he's supposed to go. And he goes, hmm, let's see. What is this? F1, F2, FU. Yeah. Now, two problems with that. No airplane in the world... <laughs> has ever had seats that go F1, F2, F3, F4. That's not the way seats work. Like, it's just not how it goes. <laughs> That's your complaint about this movie. <laughs> I fly three flights a month. <laughs> Second problem, seat F would not be on that side of the plane. <laughs> oh, my God. So if it was... Third problem, if it was it's a F- flight to London. Nobody is, like, asleep during that flight. So if it was F21, F22... F you, then it'd be okay. No, no, no. It would be it would be twenty one A, twenty one B, twenty one C. It's twenty one A B C. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, wow, that wow, that's a that's a nit. <laughs> but you know, I think I think the way Stephen characterized it is really good. So he would he would just have to be going instead of side to side. He would have to be going front to back, and yeah, then it would well, be like, fine. It, it, so the thing I'm trying to say, of course, that joke it, on its own didn't bother me that much. But I just feel like this movie is not. It knows that it wants to have the dynamic of The Rock and Jason Statham hurling insults at each other and being kind of, like, charming and mean at the same time and have that kind of, like, like frenemy dynamic. And it just feels very underwritten to me. And it, it makes me feel like The Rock just refuses to be in a movie where he doesn't look really good and nice all the time. Because it just felt very, like, soft in the way that it lobbed anything that was supposed to be, like cutting or entertaining so i don't know i I think the set pieces get better as it goes along but i was just not vibing this movie for the first half and i was sad because all i wanted was to turn off my brain for two hours and enjoy a fast and furious type movie (laughs) there's only so many pieces of the brain to turn off but not not vibing is is exactly how i felt with a lot of the humor and a lot of the scenes where it was like there were a couple things where i actually was the only one in the theater laughing hysterically but Talk about the ridiculous uh, toilet humor that made me laugh so hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, um, I once again agree with you guys. (laughs) This film is uh, an incredibly dumb film. I mean, I did my best to summarize the entire plot of the film, um, some of the details of which 
when we have a spoiler segment, I can really go into why I think it's incredibly dumb. Um, but I think in general, I didn't hate the experience of watching this film. Um, that's not exactly praise, but it was a thing where I it, – it was trying hard enough and it was one of those things where like, oh – this was just an excuse to get a paycheck and kind of have fun doing stupid shit and kind of have fun doing action things. This wasn't like a serious attempt to try to make something, which which is sad and which is why it's a spinoff too and not just like another continued sequel. Because I feel like the the last few Fast and Furious films have actually like tried to be legit action films that are kind of interesting and really have enough excitement and then to make you really want to root for them and i think this film was just like no we just really like these two characters that we're playing what if we did it again and just made it a side mission with just us and let us do our own thing um which is also crazy because it's just it is there are world ending stakes involved in the plot that these villains have and it's weird that it's just like oh we'll just throw these two people who aren't clearly the best people for the job they're just the people that this film wanted to show. And it just it doesn't do a good job of convincing us that they can do things. Like in the past films, they needed people who were like already outlaws who don't have to play within the system, who it doesn't matter if they get caught. They, they needed like a suicide squad, right? And all of the people from the cast fit that bill. In this film, it's just like, oh, this guy's a legit officer of something and this guy is in another country, so it doesn't matter. Let's go have them work on this thing. I don't know. It just, it just, it felt a little insane. It felt like they tried too hard to make an overly complicated plot. And in the end, while I was totally fine with like the silly humor and just playing along, it didn't rise to the level of what some of these other Fast and Furious franchise films have been achieving of late. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I kind yeah, of feel like the yeah. tenor of this conversation is that we should like go into spoilers and just like <laughs> tear through specific parts of the movie. No, but th- think about how sad that is. I mean, if you close your eyes and you uh, unwatch this movie and I tell you there's going to be a movie where The Rock and Jason Statham team up to take on Idris frickin Elba, that should be the greatest movie ever made. Yep. And the fact that it's not is really sad. And I mean, again, had fun watching it, but this is a huge piece of shit. Like this movie is is not a it's not a good movie even though some amazing stuff happens in it. That's it I'm just sad. But yeah. again, so much fun and that motorcycle was awesome. But you you <laughs> you mentioned world ending stakes. What are the world ending stakes? I never felt like the world was going to end. Uh, the entire death of all human life on the planet. Yeah, I liked it better when it was called Inferno. <laughs> you can you can say that, but like how? They never answered any questions. They, I they did not expressly feel... stated what the problem was, which we will get to in spoilers. But not like yeah, in a very perfunctory way where I didn't feel like you actually get a sense of like the ticking time bomb of anything like there's lit- a literal ticking time like, bomb. like here i think no, my problem is there you there just, is you can no but you can say that but like we don't actually like usually when there's world ending stakes they give you a taste of what happens they show you someone get really sick from it there or they is show a character you where it was who we are not talking about yet because it's not spoilers who says exactly what the stakes yeah but are. they just no, say it they don't they show it that's it. The, they don't the you don't actually know you don't actually feel that yeah. something bad might happen i wanted them to spray it yeah <laughs> instead of saying oh my well, god one of the things this person says is that they will spray it <laughs> oh my god no i i just didn't <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, like, I, I feel that too. Like the stakes are, and I think my, my problem is, I, I think The Rock was like a producer on this movie, um, as he is in many of the movies now that he is in. And he's said a thing before where he, he doesn't want to be in a film that could have an unhappy ending or like where there is any question that the good guys will prevail. And I think what that leads to, at least in a movie like this, is this kind of feeling that like, we are so sure that Hobbs and Shaw will get the bad guy in the end. Like they don't even bother to make us feel what would happen if they didn't. And, and yeah. that's kind of like a lack of stakes to me. Do you remember the beginning of the – speaking of The Rock, the movie The Rock? You see the VX poison gas escape and you see what happens and you're like, oh, shit, that's really scary. Here, no – they. I mean, you know, one of the cameo people explains it but in a com- comedic way. It's just I never felt scared. But I, I, uh, like so, – so feeling scared and feeling in-universe it would be scary – is two different things, obviously, because uh, as we yeah. said, we know that The Rock can't exist in a film that can't have some sort of happy ending. But it has explained explained clearly in a way that is the, the way the thing that is explained defines a state in which if we could see the result, it would be too late to deal with the result. Right. If we can see any evidence of this being true, then the world's already fucked. So. Like, I, I feel it establishes its own stakes and sets its own rules, and I'm fine with it. I, I remember this – This is the, if you think about it, it's the exact same plot as Mission Impossible 2, and yep. I remember being a lot more scared of that virus. And I don't know why. Am I, am I, not, am I not articulating this well? Like, the, the woman had the virus in her body, uh, uh, the woman from Westworld, and I thought, oh, she could actually kill everyone on the world because I think we knew what the virus was, whereas this was like – I actually wish we knew more about it because this was some kind of technology like bioengineer nanobot kind of – oh, did I just spoil it? But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, well, again, I, I, I made a joke. piece of shit. I made a joke that I liked it better when it was called Inferno. But it's true. Like even that Da Vinci Code sequel movie, like I felt more of the biological threat or whatever than I did here, which is fine. Yeah. Like this is just a silly movie. It's just it. It felt like it only wanted it to be about the bromance between uh, Jason Statham and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And like when that didn't pay off, the lack of everything else also kind of piled on to make me not be not be that into it. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. I, 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 God damn it. Yeah, I, I, I just think about the scenes where you've got the two of them insulting each other and it wasn't landing, even though those were some pretty funny lines. But it but, just, but I think you, I think I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I feel like the not landing is supposed to sort of be that these guys are sort of dweeby and like they are not like they're really confident but don't actually have the the quick wits to actually be able to legitimately insult each other. There are two people blowing smoke at each other and no matter what the other person says, they still think they're winning this this back and forth because they're both so full of themselves. But why was this Jason Statham character not funny? But the one in Spy is hysterical. Yeah, that well, because is the good one question. in Spy is directly making fun of every other role he's ever played in his entire life. Okay, yeah, but yeah. this could have been too <laughs> if this is deflating him as the big bad spy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why is he? Why is he not in jail again? I don't understand. He is a mass murderer. I, I know. I keep saying that, but holy shit! But this guy redeemed. is a terrorist. He's redeemed. We're gonna get into it. Oh based on like I... one line in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So can I say something that is going to probably get me like ratioed on the internet or what if we had fans? <laughs> um, so 
I'm supposed to love Idris Elba in everything. The internet loves Idris Elba. They want him to be the next James Bond. He's supposed to be the next everything. For the last few movies I've seen him in, like, I haven't cared about Idris Elba at all. And in this movie, I feel like he is not giving me very much to work with here. I feel like the the bad guy is kind of, like, barely sketched out. I'm the bad guy. And, like, aside from a British accent, I'm not getting a lot of, like... <laughs> personality or like scenery chewing from this character i mean ha- yeah, have you was... seen any movie ever the british accent is all you need to be a bad guy yeah he wasn't yeah he wasn't that scary i mean he was scary but like he, he i didn't know what was go- I, I also have a lot of questions about him like what was that organization was he the, he wasn't the leader what was his goal it was it was very i don't know it, it was a lot of stuff was missing i kept wondering what is going on here and why are they doing these things and I don't know. I, I think the same. Idris Elba, what happened? Yeah. Like, why was so he I, so flat? And what was his eyes and what was going on with his back? And he was bulletproof, but then it turned out to be his suit. Like, I just – what was going on in this movie? <laughs> it made no sense. So I I think him existing as a character is fine. The problem is that the thing that makes him scary is all the augmentation. And most of the augmentation we actually see and can understand visually is really fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, why I, is he I think, strong? I they don't actually ever explain it. It's cybernetic augmentation, man. He's like basically part robot. He, there, yeah, but then there's, this there's is... a line in the film where he talks about like slowly replacing all of his body until eventually he's all a machine. Um, which, like, whatever, that's fine. But like, I, I feel, I feel like within the story, he is. Scary because he's willing to do whatever it takes to further this organization's power. And he's formidable because he's like an unstoppable machine. He is like – he says he's black Superman. He's sort of just like a Terminator, right? He's basically a Terminator. And They call him that. That is fine and stuff. But when you rely too much on all these like little visual flares and it's not that he's super proficient at fighting. It's that his cybernetic eyes can – magically detect when somebody's going to punch or whatever the hell that's supposed to indicate to us. Like, that sort of shit is dumb and makes him less exciting. It would be more badass if he was just fucking tough as hell and was just kicking the shit out of everybody. But instead, they have to make him... like, Like, the amount of people that The Rock has fought in these films when the size differential doesn't, like, explain, like, a strength differential, right? Like, I feel like we don't need him to be cybernetic in any way he could just be badass and still fight him and still be just as scary um imagine how much scarier he'd be if he just beat the shit out of the rock like yeah. in um in avengers when uh uh thanos beats the shit out of uh hulk and you're like oh my god that guy's really scary yeah without any magic he just yeah. beats him up you know well i feel like even in the other fast and furious movies like in furious 7 if i remember right i feel like jason statham's character is like he can go hand to hand with like pretty much any of the Fast and Furious guys, yeah. And he's presented there as a kind of like nearly unstoppable force, you know. And and I feel like they do well at that without having to give this like crazy backstory. But in all honesty, I don't give a shit about the backstory. I'm totally cool with cybernetic everything. It's just like it didn't build into a more scary character for me. But then it's sci-fi. It well, you, it ruined the grounding of the movie because none of that stuff is I real. Mean, they were in like Dubai or whatever, flying cars through skyscrapers. Like there, it, this is has been sci-fi for the last few. Films. I remember what I was going to say when you say Jason Statham can go toe to toe with anyone in the Fast and Furious franchise. Do you just always remember asterisk. They are DVD thieves. They are not actually superheroes. No, they started mm-hmm. as DVD thieves. 
DVD player thieves who can drive Honda Civics really fast. I don't know why they are martial arts experts and can jump out of airplanes and can swim underwater for an hour. Like, what is going on here? This franchise crazy. They can fall out of airplanes in cars. That's different than jumping out of an airplane. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that reminds me. This movie really needed Tyrese. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) They, they, if they could have called, so I think you're right with the Avengers problem. Uh, that took me a while to figure out what that meant because I thought you meant, are they superheroes? But you just meant, why does no one ever call the Avengers in any Marvel movies? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't they just call Tyrese for some comedy? Like, he could have actually made both these guys funny, but yeah, yeah whatever. Maybe yeah. he should get a spinoff movie. That would be cool. They called a smaller Tyrese. Speaking of falling, there's a scene in this movie toward the beginning when the set pieces weren't working for me at all yet. When Idris Elba jumps out a window and some like 20 seconds later, Jason Statham and Dwayne The Rock Johnson follow and they're both going down and everyone is going down below them. And at some point, The Rock just does a thing that makes him fall like five times faster than everybody else. And it doesn't make any sense. So Idris Elba and his two henchmen uh, are repelling down a building so they jump as these like cybernetic ropes attach to their backs and start slowing their descending mm-hmm. the rock just jumps <laughs> no but but he already he's in a falling ledge first and then he like leaps from the ledge and he starts going like triple the speed well, no, so, i thought he so, grabbed on with his so hands he grabs and he onto his hand and, and then, then he, he just lets while go. he's swinging and then he lets go to free fall again and he keeps letting go to free fall between different people. Okay, I, I ask the people watch that again and tell me if he falls at the same speed as other falling it's, bodies. So I it, don't it's, think he does. It is exactly it's in the, the same. You could go watch it right now for yeah. free. It's exactly the same as Minority Report when he's on the side of the building with all like the automated cars, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like the cars are on a road that chooses how fast they fall downward. He uh, in that film, Tom Cruise is jumping between these vehicles. When he jumps, he falls at you know, he accelerates until terminal velocity until he hits an object, and then the cars don't change their speed because they're being controlled by the environment they're driving in. And he's basically doing. I, I gotta, I gotta have a sidebar with Stephen right now. Stephen, what the hell did he just say? I have no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, are you still with us? Because what, what did he just say? I don't know what that was. I mean, he's talking about another movie that was like, like fifteen years old, but he remembers very specific ways the character jumped around. I'm just fifteen saying, years old. I got that DVD from my girlfriend's mother in <laughs> yeah. 2001. Yeah, 2002. Was it, was it a hot That's DVD a that was stolen from a bunch of DVD thieves? All right, I take oh. it back. It's seventeen years old. No. I was goddamn yeah. close. <laughs> I vividly remember because it, it was open, and I'm like, "Oh my god, you're re-gifting this!" Oh, I hereby withdraw up. my complaint about the rock falling, but <laughs> I still think it is a trope in all these movies that things don't fall at the same speed. Like if you like curl up or try hard, you suddenly go faster. Yeah, that's how well, Spider-Man I mean, saves people. He too. fell onto a car from like ten stories and just walked away. Again, <laughs> that would kill someone. This is like watching Home Alone. They'd be dead ten times over. But this is the rock, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, he does. He's pretty amazing. Right? Things I know about the rock: he can never die, and he's always a good dad. Those are the two constants in every movie. Yeah, and he can do the uh, the haka dance. Hmm. Is it a dance or is it a routine? I, I think it's a. Uh, 
I got, I got nothing. <laughs> Performs. I swear I've brought up the Hawkeye on this very podcast before. So something's going on here. Probably. Oh, it's because I reviewed Fostate. Yeah, that's why. Hmm. Yeah. At least he's allowed did, to do it. Did that's, you just refer to it as Fostate? I did mispronounce the word fast. <laughs> oh, so Steven hasn't seen Fostate, so he doesn't even know about the Hawkeye dance. Oh, my God. No, I've seen that bit on YouTube. Somebody okay, showed it good. to me this week. Okay, good. And, and I did look it up, and the, the... the Rock is half Samoan, so he's allowed to do it, which is good. Yeah, yeah, and I need to quit. Yep. <laughs> you, you definitely need to stop. <laughs> so, so speaking of quitting, should we, should we get to our official verdicts for this so that we can have a spoiler conversation about this film? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All and right. remind me, it's it's five tiers, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, this is like the fifth time you've been on this episode. Yeah, but it's, it's a lot of tiers. tiers. For every appearance, man. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> David Klein, if yes. you were going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw? I think it is a must-see. Still, <laughs> even though it's a really big piece of shit, I think you must see this movie because – So it's like it's, one of those shits where like you're drunk at 3 a.m. and you're like, holy shit, I need my buddy to see this. <laughs> I've literally – That only happened one time, Chris. Never experienced that feeling. Um, <laughs> holy crap, that's really gross. But you know, whatever, whatever you and your pals do on WhatsApp, just keep me out of it. Um, put that on Telegram. No, uh, I, even though we have all these negative things, like this movie still has The Rock, Jason Statham, Idris Elba, an amazing motorcycle. Like that motorcycle is basically a character. It's like the cape from uh, from Doctor Strange. <laughs> it's like New York and Woody Allen. <laughs> it is so awesome. And this movie is so stupid. But like it, you, you just you just got to see it. You have to see it. It's so stupid. Like it's so fun. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a recommend with a caveat. I mean, I must see. <laughs> you talked yourself down. <laughs> it's not as good as Fostate. I've rehearsed this. I've rehearsed this. I got over my conscience. I was going to give it a must see. Damn it. I said the wrong thing. <laughs> I, I think it's, um, it's it's better than like, you know, Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious. But I, I think still Fast and the Furious – uh, let's see, one, two, five, six, seven, eight are are better than this movie, but it's still a must see. So I, I just have one question for you, David, for for our listeners that are listening right now. Um, how much is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw's paying you <laughs> to prop this movie up? No, I I am not probably I am not being subtle. It is a piece of shit, and I came <laughs> home and told my wife. All the stupid things that are in this movie. And she was excited, and now she's not going to see it. She's like, obviously, this movie is stupid. And I said, yeah, but it's awesome. But it's not quite the kind of – you know when bad movies are super awesome and you're like, you just don't get it, man? No, this is not one of those. This is not a great bad movie. This is a great movie that is really stupid. And I think it's an important distinction. I, I think, Yeah, I, I'm comfortable with saying that. Can you give me another movie that you would categorize that way? Uh, that is – wait, which one though? A great bad movie or a, a great, great movie, movie that's, that's piece... also very stupid? A great movie that's also very stupid. Oh, you got to you gotta let me think about that. Um... <laughs> well, while David's thinking about this. Yeah, let me, let me think about that. Come back to me. Stephen Miller, <laughs> if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? 
Um, I think I'm giving this pass for the caveat, actually. I felt like it was like I there was fun to be had, especially toward the end, but I felt like there was a lot of dead air leading up to it. And like in the end, maybe it was my mood, you know, I I wanted to see a brain dead movie, but you know, it either has to click or not click, and maybe I was just not in the mood where it clicked with me right away, but this was not the fun that I thought I was gonna have. So like you know, whatever, it's it's worth something if you want to see those, like, crazy set pieces, but I feel like there are better movies that do the dumb action thing, like, substantially better than this one, including Deadpool 2, the last movie that this guy directed. So, like, <laughs> go see that one instead. <laughs> um, I... 2012. Huh? Oh, the movie oh, The movie 2012? <laughs> a huge piece of shit, awesome movie. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nailed it. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. I was like, what was 2000? Oh, yeah, the not movie. Deadpool 2. I'm not that oh, yeah. old. <laughs> no, no, no. Deadpool 2 is pretty great. Actually, I don't know about Deadpool 2, but we can talk about that. Yep. So anyways, <laughs> I am going to give this film a wait for rental. Uh, it is a film that you should watch while you're waiting for another officially titled Fast and Furious film to come out. Um, that's not to say that I'm not ready to watch the sequel to this which apparently has the same world-ending problem, just the opposite. <laughs> um, so I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll check out the next one. I just hope that next time around they don't like they, – they realize that they can't just get away with having fun. They have to at least try to make something of a story. Like the, one of the things that made the last few films so great is that it went above what we expected from them. And then this one was like – well, I mean, everybody loves us now, so we can just do whatever. And then we got something that was not as good as it potentially could have been. But still enjoyed the time I had sitting in the theater watching it. Um, but I'm going to give it a wait for rental. I think we have to go into wow. spoilers because everybody here seems to know something about how the next movie will go. That makes me think I left the credits too early. <laughs> that yeah, I don't, I don't understand what you even mean when you say the opposite. So I'm very curious. I think we should go to spoilers. We yep. will. Um, for the people who aren't going to stick for spoilers, we have to do the usual goodbyes. Um, so David Klein, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Oh, throughout the week. Gosh. Um, you can find me at Blue Bottle. Uh, not not a sponsor. No, I'm uh, D.I. Klein, as in Calvin Klein, no relation, uh, on Twitter. And um, I always love the tweets, so tweet me up, baby. Stephen Miller. Uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. And not at Blue Bottle, more likely at Sight Glass or Ritual. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl.com. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, and instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to... Uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw so hopefully you're enjoying Idris Alba rapping in the background <laughs> oh my god he is a rapper by the way Boasty oh Boasty. yeah my wife loves that song but yeah so <laughs> that song is playing <laughs> did I mention my wife loves Idris Elba so yeah well she might be loving if she's listening hearing that song right now uh, but when that music fades away we will be in full blown spoilers so I can explain to these guys what they missed from those ending credit sequences. This is like this two film. movies in a row, I feel like, where I left before the right end credit sequence happened. Because 
in Spider-Man Far From Home, I also like left before the second end credit sequence, and it took the internet to teach me what I missed. Yeah. I mean, you're arguably not missing too much in this episode, but it's relevant to the statement I was making. Okay. So, we'll be back in a moment. See you then. All right, we are back. This is spoiler territory. It is the after part of our review of Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. We are talking full-blown spoilers for that film. So, here it goes. Wait, wait, can I get a little a little love here? I think this is the first time I've been on the podcast, and I did not massively spoil anything you before the spoiler section, where Chris has to say, oh, God, I have to fucking bleep all this shit out. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, so congratulations to me. It's the magic of editing. I mean, yeah. I don't want to get, you know, too tired and just be able to start releasing episodes where I don't do any editing at all. So it's it's good to keep me on my toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Okay. So as I said, this is spoilers. If you haven't seen the film, hope you don't care about spoilers because they're coming at you right now. Okay. So two minutes ago, <laughs> we were talking about the fact that the sequel to this film is going to be the opposite of this film or basically the same exact premise, but the opposite. In one of the post-credit sequences or mid-credit sequences or whatever it was, Ryan Reynolds says, remember the virus that you just stopped? Remember how it melted your insides or it melted your outside? Or yeah, whatever he says. He says, we have the same problem again. This time it's the opposite. It melts your outsides. Your skin just falls off. Okay, I did see that part. Okay. I didn't interpret that as a sequel. I interpret that as let's let Ryan Reynolds talk for 45 more seconds because it's just fun. So we can spoil Game of Thrones too and make a little extra joke in there. Hey, oh, wait, oh, that was not the first time in the movie he brought up Game of Thrones, by the way. No. Isn't it? Uh, didn't, True. Well, yeah. the daughter brought up Game of Thrones, and he riffs off what the daughter says. He just says, like, a Lannister pays his debts. Yeah, yeah. But then at the end, I, I felt like the only reason for that end credit, like, that that pre-roll credits thing was for him to spoil in, like, one sentence the way Game of Thrones ended. Yeah. Potentially. I, or I, I, it could be, like, the I, end of the first Back to the Future when Doc Brown shows back up in the DeLorean and says, no, it's not you, it's your kids, we gotta go. And then oh, it God, actually sets movies. up the next film. Yeah. Remember when movies had heart? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, no. I do. And good soundtracks. Um, you know, I, I really didn't interpret that. I interpreted it that way. I thought he was just being goofy Ryan Reynolds. Because um, to do the exact opposite, that's stupid. That would be a really lame sequel yeah but as we've already established this was a really lame spinoff so, <laughs> so what's I, I thought the uh, i thought the the the, uh, the more the other one was that they would have to take on the mysterious leader of of the eugenics organization yeah i, I assume yeah, it's just so, jeffrey epstein but, but so, so yeah. oh yeah remember, <laughs> remember the mysterious leader of this organization who's just a waveform on a computer his whole plan is take virus kill all the planet virus is stopped is he just going to go like, I guess the virus way is out? Or is he going to go, hmm, more viruses? He wasn't going to kill all the planet. Only he the was weak people. Only the weak people. Very clear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. True. So who do we think the mysterious waveform person is? I'm going to be he honest. Says, I thought it was Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, me too. <laughs> really? Yeah. He says, don't you remember me? It's like a hint. I don't but know. who cares? Like, what? Uh, it's so stupid. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they didn't get a sequel. 
um, like because it's the same thing that happened to Star Wars, where they kept you know pumping out these movies and they're mediocre, and they're just like, eh, fuck it, don't do any more of those. Mm-hmm. So the question I is, can... are, is it, did did Kurt Russell's character or uh, Eastwood's character um, die Go die bad. in the other films? Oh, why why do you think that? Because it didn't make an appearance. No, no, I'm saying that it could be either of them, too, since they were both interested in God's Eye and all these different things on their organizations. And I feel like Eastwood was definitely being, like, cast aside as not cool. Um, oh, wow. So if we we're going to go sort of like a, you know, incredible sort of route where, like, maybe now he's trying to become really cool <laughs> with cybernetic Want to hear an answer that is going to make everyone sad? Yeah. What if it's Han? He survived and got, like, oh, cybernetics to survive the explosion. my God. Yep. <laughs> oh my god that'd be amazing oh my god that would make me so happy that's amazing because i think they're gonna have to bring him back now to make it so we don't hate jason statham's character anymore but 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 so we don't we love jason statham yeah what are you talking about i mean i if i still have problems back, with the death of han hate. in terms of trying to like shaw and I feel like the only way they can rectify that if they want Shaw to be like a good guy continuing in the real franchise. So what if is to like bring Han back somehow? What if Han comes back, stabs Shaw, and then we have a Shawshank Redemption? Mm. Oh, I hate, you, I hate you! I hate ha. you so much. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're not touching on a lot of stuff here. We, we really, we really got okay. My my number one complaint. Um, there's a great movie called True Lies. And there's a huge set piece that costs a lot of money, I remember, and it was a big deal, where Arnold Schwarzenegger I, just gets real fast, in a I, I wasn't hit. allowed to watch Radar R movies, so I just watched True Fibs. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I hate you so much. Uh, so Arnold that's Schwarzenegger – That's the Chopper movie, right? No, that's what? Predator. What? Isn't, in True Lies, doesn't he, like, get it – like, jump in a helicopter in Harrier. the final scene? Isn't it a Harrier? It's a Harrier jet. Damn it! <laughs> it it's a big deal. So in this movie – they go to Moscow and they go to some mobster's house and there's a bunch of women who are stealing from that mobster. And one of them is that amazing woman from uh, Baby Driver. Love her. She's great. And then all of a sudden, there is a Harrier jet in the backyard and they use that Harrier jet to fly somewhere. I don't know. How – who has extra – this this really bothered me. Who has extra Harrier jets? Answer that question for me. Uh, Russian who oligarchs. Who has one to spare? That is so stupid that it like – it like pissed me off like wait, that they just wait, climbed in the who, back of one and flew who has away. just the amount of harrier jets that are necessary <laughs> i oh that really upset me because that's just so stupid again that's one of like 20 things that's just really stupid in this movie but uh i, I think we need to focus on what was really funny there were two <laughs> la- i i it was a, a, Hold on. a, a Bef- joke before we get to funny yeah. things i have one more yeah. thing to rant about um because yeah. i want to get out of the way because since you guys didn't like my last rant <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Shawshank Redemption rant? No, no, no. That was just a joke. That wasn't a rant. But here's a real, uh-huh. here's an honest to god rant that I couldn't stop thinking about during the film. We talked about the world-ending stakes. You guys say you don't believe the stakes. I was like, the nope. stakes were right there. What annoys me about the stakes is not that they weren't there, as I already stated. I believe they're there. The problem for me is, so the scientist states that he was trying to make a quote virus as a carrier for a thing that would actually vaccinate the world against all these different diseases and things and like basically make the world a better place. The evil organization gets it, re-engineers it to be able to bio-target certain strands of DNA within certain parts of the population and kill all these people, right? You already have thought way more about this than no, I did. That, that's what they state to us. Here's the thing uh, that, I, here's I the thing that pisses me off. 
do it. I'm not a biochemical scientist, right? You're not. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, even if I was purposely trying to kill people, I would not design my virus so that if I don't pick a target, it targets everyone. You design it so if you don't pick a target, it targets no one. There is zero reason why this virus is default state if you don't pick a target should be now it's just the thing that becomes airborne and literally kills everyone you sneeze at. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, so my belief, my understanding of it was not, and I didn't think this was explained at all, but I thought he didn't develop the virus. He developed the transmission the dis- method the for transmission. the virus. Yeah. And he developed something that could be transmitting vaccines to everyone in the world and they instead bootstrapped a virus on top of that thing. And now the everyone in the world part is what he invented. And the fact that it's a virus that melts their insides or whatever, who knows where that came from. That, that was my the, understanding of it. The virus is the carrier. So the virus is a... a no, no, no. Sorry, it's, my head that's just not supposed to be a mind explosion <laughs> thing. Like, it's a thing. If you, if, you, uh, if you listen to the podcast episode I sent you on, like, the, just, like about the destruction of the human race, like... But the existential threat from biotech comes from the type of research called gain of function. No longer were researchers dealing with wild viruses and bacteria. They were forcing evolution in them by speeding up mutations and altering them genetically to be deadlier and more contagious. You know that like what scientists do is they they make viruses as they use to try to like modify genetic code and other things and they basically create these super viruses in an attempt to make things that spread. So like the virus is the carrier, so you infect everybody, but the quote harmful thing about the virus is that it makes you immune to measles and whatever, right? So it's the virus is a carrier for whatever they want to do. These people just made it so the virus, instead of being there for the general populace, targets certain programmed DNAs. So it won't it'll lie dormant unless you exhibit these certain like markers within your genetic code. So the 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 thing he did design is the ability to or the, the basically the bad guys modified his design to instead of carry good things carry bad things mm-hmm. but the bad guys are the ones that made it target certain things but it just seems stupid to me that like it would it would go like oh you literally didn't say go so now it's just threatening to everybody because it would theoretically kill the organization as well even Idris Ilba who is now like all no but he's strong yeah only, but only the weak die. No, no, no. It's targeted so only the weak die. If you don't set the target, everyone dies. I feel so, like this is the point in the writer's room where they said, so so the rock's going to hold a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's going to give a shit about the actual virus because he's going to hold a helicopter with his bare yeah, hands. Yeah, I, I and he's going to do it exactly the same exact shot I, I as thought it Chris was, Evans does. I thought it was just like Inferno where it isn't that they're targeting the weak. It's that they make a thing that is just by the nature of how it works. People who aren't strong enough to survive it will die off. No, because the scientist says – they're like, get this out of me. And he goes, oh, I can't get it out of you. <laughs> oh, my God. That was amazing. That was a great accent. You should do accent work. Can you do the rest of the podcast in that accent, please? I can't hold it that long. It's it's a, <laughs> it's a thing that I have to channel momentarily. Yeah, it's a passionate thing that just comes out for one sentence. <laughs> nice. But no, like basically he states that like, oh, now this is really fucked up because you have to kill her and completely incinerate the body so that there's nothing left but ash. If it was just a thing that only targeted the weak people, why would you need to incinerate her since she's clearly strong? 
Uh, another uh, it was actually a funny scene where he explains how much they need to burn her. I, I did enjoy that. Yeah. I, I uh, not to move away from this wonderfully scientific <laughs> conversation. The Hakka dance, huge letdown, <laughs> huge letdown. Huh. I it's supposed it was the Rock, and then they showed all the guys hit their arms one time, and that was it. I feel like they should have really leaned into it and let that go on for a while. I don't understand why they rushed it. The girls in Fast Eight, the soccer team, had more time doing the sh- the shtick than these guys did. I thought that was really disappointing. Yeah. I agree, and it's one of those things, like many scenes in this movie, that was entirely shown in the trailer already, too. So there's, well, yeah. there's nothing to even really enjoy about I, it. I think, in theory, it would have gone on more, but the point of that scene was that as they're doing it, it was going to be like the equivalent of Indiana Jones and like the sword flinger guy like doing the thing, and then he just pulls out the gun and shoot him. That was literally going to yeah. be the way they stopped the dance, is... They were he's like, light them up, and then they go to shoot, and none of the guns work because they've been disabled by our hacker friend. And yeah. then they're like, what? Didn't work. Now no, but I think up. the haka happens after that. I think Does the it? first thing they try to do is shoot, and then they go like, oh, you're fucked now. Let's haka. Like, I, I feel like that's how it goes. I'm pretty sure he says light them up during the haka. But if you just watch on YouTube, go to the the All Blacks, the 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 uh, the, the rugby team, and like the you know the one with the most millions of hits, and it's like a good sixty seconds, and it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And this one, uh, uh, what the hell? You this is like a great opportunity. You got these, these guys do the thing, and they don't do the thing. Yeah. It was so quick. It was like, ah, uh, I don't know. I was really disappointed by that. But I can't, I say? can't, I can't criticize the Samoa scenes because for whatever reason, I was in a mood where like everything worked on Samoa to me, like. The character dynamics worked. Like, sure, The Rock feels bad he hasn't visited his family. Okay, I'm in that movie now. Like, I, I was fine with it. Yeah. The the yeah. Haka thing, I felt like, yeah, you get them. You show these people we've never really learned anything about how you, who we also have never learned anything about, can beat them. <laughs> like, cool, <laughs> whatever. The, the, the truck chase where they just start, like, daisy-chaining trucks to each other or jeeps to each other. Great. Like, great. great. I was into it. Yeah, 100% which, into which, it. Okay, so... I, I would like to be into that, but I was out of it before it started. But also, Why? the way Idris Elba fixes the situation is just pull the stick off the cliff. Like, why did he not think of it until all the way at the end of the chase? Like, all he had to Logic. do is from the very first moment, go to the left, and now he's over a cliff and it drags the cars off Yeah, there. but that wouldn't help him get away if they're weighing him down. When it right? was the first yeah. car, the whole point is that he could already get up. Like, yeah, so the yeah, first Chris. car, he could have done that, but he didn't. Now, when he's being weighed down, if he went off the cliff, they would send him down with him, probably. I think it would have been fine. he wants to get fine. away with Vanessa Kirby. Because basically, all he has to do is keep Press the, the helicopter. turbo button on the helicopter. Every vehicle has a turbo button. No, no, no. no. Well, I mean, only, only the Fast and Furious vehicles. <laughs> yeah. But all he has to do is pull all the vehicles off the cliff, keep the helicopter upright until the first of the vehicles, which are the part that is adding enough weight to stop him, reach the water <laughs> and then now the problem isn't there because those vehicles go down but he's still connected to them right i think it's fine <laughs> where, where yeah, does the you're rope go? the rock would have just grabbed like, the helicopter. Those, those truck nuts are locked to each other like they're not going anywhere <laughs> they've automatically the way, like rotated to have like latch onto each other <laughs> did did you notice that right before that whole scene starts the rock is fighting and he's doing his thing where he's got the you know the garb on and then he's on the truck and as he's running towards the truck, he's putting on a he T-shirt. He puts on a shirt. <laughs> he puts on a T-shirt, and then he gets on the truck, and he's wearing khaki pants. <laughs> yeah, but... Now, why 
did they have to do a wardrobe change between the fight wait, wait, and the truck was scene? Was it khaki pants or was it khaki shorts? Because I thought he had his no, little thing. It was it was khaki long pants. He was wearing the skirt thing. What and if? then he's on the truck with a t shirt and khaki pants. Have what? you seen those shorts so that he, have like zippers? No, no, no. <laughs> but you still you still wouldn't get them. What if? Because he definitely grabs the shirt. Runs yes. and he puts it on as he's jumping onto the truck. So that then he's we can be okay with. He has Iron Man what type if, pants. <laughs> what if he had, because he knew the pants would look stupid coming out from under the thing, what if he, he rolled his pants up to his yeah. knees, put the thing on, and as he runs, he's just so fucking fast that it unrolls the pants? I feel like I but lose the, respect for him if he wore anything under that skirt. I feel like, like a real <laughs> man wouldn't why? do that. Why did he change clothes? And I think I know the answer. Is it and I'm wind? very proud of this. I think it's because if you got a regular stunt man, he wouldn't look like The Rock with no shirt on. They had to put the clothes on to hide the fact that in all these shots, it's someone else on the back of that truck. Are you another saying, stunt man holding so, so a first of all, first of all, are you telling me you think there's a real truck at all? <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> I don't. Even, I'm not it even could, convinced there's a real Samoa they went to. <laughs> it could be like a Mad Max, where there's a truck that's just not moving, yep. <laughs> or it's moving like one mile an hour. Uh, but that was my theory: is that they just got a bald stunt man and they put him in the same clothes, and you don't know the difference. See, I, I I felt like it was because they wanted him to be in the traditional outfit for the haka, but they knew, and maybe they had already filmed the helicopter-related scenes, and they knew like they're going to be shots from below facing upward and we can't have the rock in a skirt for this okay yeah. we're wearing pants for this well, scene we'll figure it out later and they didn't figure it out later i think <laughs> so they this just is, made him throw on pants while he was running i think the better thing would be so you have the scene earlier where the woman from mission impossible takes off her jacket while fighting the rock should have put on his pants while fighting mm. oh i feel really bad we barely talked about vanessa, vanessa kirby, kirby. Yeah. and she was great she was definitely I, the best thing about the movie every second she was so awesome i love her i think she's incredible uh she she made the movie so much better see for me the only problem though is her in the movie reminded me of mission impossible and then i was like why is this not as good as Mission yeah, impossible yeah. also it's funny i keep hearing about how she was in mission impossible i don't remember her in mission impossible <laughs> is she the singer She's she, a, she's like in she's in the, in the second night to last club. movie. Yeah. She is like in the nightclub. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His no evil, memory basically. of that. Yeah, she no, uh, she's like the one who's running that nightclub when sure. that pass off of the whatever is supposed to happen. But and then I, and then what's and then Superman cocks his arms as he's fighting, which is amazing. But okay, yeah. so so here's the real problem with her character though is like we know she's badass and she can fight. But instead of getting to see her fight, she just has a Ghostbusters backpack on for the last part of the movie. Oh, my God. That's so good. I love that it's a Ghostbusters backpack. It basically is. get to see her fight enough. I mean, she fights. Oh, there was a great moment in this movie. So have you guys ever, like, weightlifted and, like, gotten really into it nope. when you're in your 20s? I literally can say I've never done that. <laughs> okay. So there's a thing in weightlifting called Turkish get-ups. Are you familiar? Uh, no. Is that like a okay, sort of it's, delicious it's, sweet? It's a, <laughs> It's a it's a thing that you do that like you get up off the ground and you have a weight in your hand and the rock at one point in this movie literally does a Turkish get up with Vanessa Kirby and it's pretty awesome in their first fight where he puts her up on his arm oh, yeah, yeah. and then he's lying on the ground and he gets up and it's uh, it's pretty much a a human Turkish get up and I, I just where, really like she has him that. in like the arm hold and he just stands up and then she's like yeah. suspended she's twenty in feet the air. in the air yeah <laughs> yep. yeah so I guess for all the weightlifting fans out there I got gotcha. you so okay. I, I, I liked her in this movie. Like, I think she was probably my favorite character in the movie. 
her and the rock there's two dynamics we're supposed to believe with Ugh, her in this movie gross one is she is the sister of jason statham whom he loves he loves her so much that his childhood memories don't involve luke evans at all anymore it's just him and her as kids running around doing yeah, stuff wait, don't they have a line about how the brother's dead I, I feel like they filmed that like way after they filmed the rest of the movie because they were just like oh somebody is mad that we didn't acknowledge that like his whole motivation in, in, in Furious 7 yeah. was the death of his brother. And now we're just like making their family unit be three people who but love each other and escape from prison he all said, the time. Like, I so killed he, my brother or something. No, no. So, his, so he, we see him get a phone call and we see him go kill the whatever. We do not know that the phone call wasn't his mom or his sister and that it wasn't his personal motivations, but just his family member telling him to do the thing. Hmm. Mm. potentially wait wait, wait. Just what was what was steven's other dynamic the the romance the yeah, gross the romance, romance that the i rock. was not on board for at all yeah didn't the make rock any is sense. not a sexual being <laughs> no. he is he is asexual yeah. he should not be with anybody no i i, I agree I, completely I, <laughs> there was a you woman... disagree completely no i i agree with you completely there was there was uh, a okay. woman sitting next to me in the theater who was like kind of talking at the movie when which was fine like this is a movie that i'm not going to be a stickler for people being quiet the whole time or anything. Um, and the one time she vehemently disagreed with the movie is when Vanessa Kirby leaned in and kissed the rock. And she was just like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. Ha- I have an ex-girlfriend who had a big crush on the rock. And she told me the story many, many times that she once saw him and that they locked eyes. And every time she told the story, it, it hurt a little bit. But <laughs> so I do I do know that that women like him. I do yeah. understand. Yeah. yeah, I just I, did, I didn't I would, buy there anything. Yeah. And, and their banter, even when they're fighting the first time he meets her. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Like, it's supposed to be kind of playful. Like, she's like charmed by how good he is. And he realizes that she's not fighting to kill. And they're kind of having a moment. But I, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. And when when he does that thing where he lifts her up by one arm. I feel like their character dynamic is supposed to be like two equals who are like game respecting game. But in that scene, they are not equals. Like he's holding her with his arm. She can't go anywhere. Like he clearly won. And I don't know. There was something about that where I felt like he is supposed to respect her as an equal, but then nothing in the movie is making her be an equal to him. Yeah, but I, I'm just glad that she was able to hold her own a lot, mm-hmm. and that she wasn't a damsel in distress. I think that was yeah. that was yeah. nicely nicely done. She is like um, apparently the only person who can get away from Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah. Like in the <laughs> in the Russia sequence, basically the only reason the world hasn't been saved is because Jason Statham and Dwayne the Rock Johnson didn't stay home that day. Yeah, like she yeah. would have escaped all on her own, basically, if not for them. Yeah. No, uh, Idris Elba, I think, casually walks away with her twice in this movie. It's like, hey, guys, go get her. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, can we can we talk about his spinal cord? What the hell? What is going on there? He, so so this is the world now where cybernetic people exist. Is that is that what I'm supposed that, to believe? That's the whole fucking point of the movie. I, I, I really don't but like it. But he's the only I one. Like I, every time. No, all he's, of this... he's the like he is the beginning of Weapon X. He is the first person to have the procedure on because he was terminally shot in the head and in the chest, and he should have died, which I think is the real way that Han's coming back, is he is another patient of the organization, not oh, the actual leader of it. That is such why would, a good idea. Why would that Han, is such a good idea. 
I love it. It makes me so happy. Why did Idris have silver teeth? Is that where he was shot in the That's head, the dumb think? thing that I don't get. It is like, maybe okay. he just likes silver teeth. <laughs> also, why is it just those ones? Like, if you're getting cybernetic augmentation everywhere else, why not have an entire fucking chin that's metal? Well, like, okay. So my, my feeling is, like, okay, he has been augmented. They clearly have the resources to keep re-augmenting him because they repair him, like, over and over again in this yeah. movie. So how come his crew have nothing? Like, why is he the only one where any no, of this? There's, there's literally a scene where he says, time he to says, earn your upgrades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, they have upgrades, but I guess they don't. Mm. Yeah. Just, it, I just, thought it was yeah. a flight thing again. <laughs> just, just go back to our review of Alita Battle Angel. Not everybody uh, has the super cool chromed out shit. Some people just have little augments. Some people just have gloves that make their guns work. Yeah. One thing that always bothers me about movies that have layers that are in the middle of nowhere is where do the employees live and like what do they do on the weekends? We don't know. Well, that's the whole point is they die before the end of their shift. <laughs> so it's I, always I, new employees. Always, like, that's why they're so where, bad. You, you look new. It was so, it really bothers me. I don't like I, I feel like they need to have personal lives, they need to have schools for their kids, but like they're just on the middle of a, a Russian research facility. It was it was very dumb. Yeah. Again, very dumb. <laughs> yeah. This movie is very, very dumb. It, it, but I it loved is very, it, but very I'd... dumb. And, and there's yeah. just something about like, I, I don't know that that whole sequence again. It was another one where I, I was glad they deflated what I'd seen in the trailer. Like the trailer shows them both for whatever reason they won't just go through the same door, so they have to beat up double the number of people. I don't know why, but you know that's no, a no, thing. No, so they established that it's a it's a. It requires two people to activate the door at the same time to open it. Okay. So it's a security thing for the base. Okay. So that way somebody can't just sneak in through one tunnel. It's a thing where the people in that room who can see the people in this room have to both open the door in sequence. Okay. It's so, it's dumb. I'm not yeah, saying it's yeah, not but, dumb. Okay. I'm just they saying that, that they've established that. that. That was in the Another trailer. dumb thing. I was definitely afraid, like, that was going to be it. And then they'd like continue with their plan. And I was glad it at least deflated the trailer a little to be like the moment that scene ends, they are caught already. Yeah. Yeah. But still that whole, the whole dynamic of that lair, I just didn't, again, I wasn't vibing with it. I didn't feel like I was able to feel the stakes enough to be like thrilled that they got out alive. It just felt like a kind of dumb thing that let them go through the shock situation that i guess is what the movie wanted us to see yeah yeah this movie never like how do you are to it never settles down to i mean there's you know there's a scene on the airplane with we haven't even really talked about kevin hart um but like it never you never feel like it just keeps pushing 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 and i think sometimes you need those ebbs and flows to make a movie ha- feel like a, a cohesive unit i guess like there's usually like a moment of, oh, shit, we're really screwed. But this is just like, no, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep going. And mm. I don't know. It could have taken some breaks and like had some more, I don't know, I hate to say character development, but it just was so rushed and forced. It just never, I guess that's, 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 hey, that's a Fast and Furious movie, baby. I yeah. guess that's what they do. <laughs> and normally those don't bother me. That's why I feel like it has to be like when the formula, when the magic isn't there, then the formula of push, push, push doesn't work for me anymore. Yes, and, and something yes. about and this broke the broke the magic, so the formula yes. started to feel weird. Yes, thoroughly agree. Yeah. Um, I still I can't believe I haven't said it. I haven't said it yet. Mike Oxmall, 
Got to be honest, didn't see that coming. And I've thought a lot of those names for high school projects. Yep. I did not see that one coming. And I thought, it, I, I, no joke, I was the only one laughing. And I was laughing so hard that I probably looked a little crazy. I, I um, liked it. I, I liked that bit. I, I thought that was great. And then Hugh Janus also. No, no, I, I think that scene only works because The Rock is selling his reaction to hearing the yeah. name. Mike Oxmall. Yeah. That was that was that was good. That was good. Yep. Uh, and it, but it sounded like Jason Statham was trying to get rid of the Rock altogether, but that failed to do so because, as the Rock says, everyone loves me, and he was able to get past the airport security. Yeah, yeah. It was just because okay. after they put the gloves on, they still couldn't search him. And, and then oh they just God. ruined it with F one, F two, F U right after that. So. Oh, you you love that. That's funny. <laughs> and th- so the stinger of this movie is the Hugh Janus part where oh. Jason Statham's in a bar and he's surrounded by police. At some point, they just arrest him and they're like, oh, this is the mass murderer from like wherever Fast 7 took place, wherever the brother was stashed. And like you killed 32 doctors and nurses. You are going to jail forever. So when you tell me those doctors never killed nobody. Well, (laughs) there's accidents, as Neil deGrasse Tyson taught us this week. Um, Anyway, who cares? You kill many people. Yikes. Uh, did this become the political warning podcast? Yeah, no, no, apparently, except for it was without warning. Um, yeah, so anything else with this movie? I mean, it's pretty dumb. I, uh, I'm i very disappointed, but uh, that motorcycle, pretty cool. The motorcycle was cool. Ryan Reynolds didn't work for me either in this movie. Ryan Reynolds well, always works for me. So it was a whole thing where I, I – the reason I wanted to watch Furious 8 after this is I felt like – he must have been a big component of Furious 8, and that's why I'm supposed to think it's funny right now that they're talking. I, and then I've heard he, like, wasn't in it. He wasn't. And I, I <laughs> no, feel it like... it's all random. I, I feel like there's people that are having way too much fun, like, taking people who are tangentially related to other things. Like, the fact that he plays Deadpool, who is, like, in, like, the shittiest version of that character, was part of, like, you know, the Weapon X program, and was, like turned like basically given animantium skin and then then i don't know it just seems like there's a bunch of weird shit that they're trying to link together and make it like isn't it funny that we're doing this it's like no it's not but i'm still in for it yeah i love ryan reynolds i think any any opportunity for him to just babble is always fun uh when he pulls out the half of the bff heart and says we are literally best friends forever and the rock is like i don't have the other half of that please stop saying we're best <laughs> is, friends. is that better was, or was, worse than the i, I still like the tattoo <laughs> The tattoo, the tattoo was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, and I thought there was there was a joke about watching your back, and I thought there may have been talking about how yes, I'll wash your back. <laughs> yeah, but, that one was good. I, I like that one. I liked it, and the him and the dog, like it's great. I love Ryan Reynolds. I thought the Kevin Hart thing was also a lot of fun. Uh, Dinkler or whatever Dinklage and him being on the toilet, great. He's in a fart too, great. <laughs> I'm on board for all these jokes, but the the the, the Statham, Statham Rock banter just wasn't working i wish i I could articulate why i still think it's on purpose it feels like it's supposed to be bad see for me none of the banter in the movie worked so it couldn't have been on purpose like (laughs) no banter moment worked for me in this movie oh why is this movie not better it hurts me it hurts me that it's not better yeah it's supposed to be better i thought this was going to be a billion dollar smash hit and who knows maybe it'll still make a billion dollars but (laughs) it's it's not it's just not that great not into it yeah i did like that at the diner, 
on the rock's cheat day he eats like 40 pancakes i i enjoyed that oh, yeah the rocket just See, gets those... on now yeah he basically <laughs> does the smart hulk thing where he's just like that was pretty good you're right you're right i did appreciate that and I don't know. You know what? This is and this is how I described it. Uh, not to mention my wife again. Jesus, I must like her. Um, this is one of those rare, sad situations where the trailer is better than the movie. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The trailer, the premise, the music they chose in the trailer. Why can't we be friends? Like all those little moments where you're like, "This is going to be so fun," and then the movie's just not that fun. So that's 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 where I stand. I'm I'm with you. Oh, only I didn't give it a must see. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we Wrecked. should we like Stephen, how does it feel to be on a podcast with me? Is this it, this is your first time? It, it feels great. It, it it it's a good feeling. I liked it. I I've, I've only one interesting thing about the dynamic is because whenever you've been on, I've been out of the country. I've always listened to you on the right. podcast while I'm like in China or something. So like I associate your episodes particularly with like me wandering around in a random place being like, why am I listening to a thing about John Wick 2 right now? <laughs> Great yep. movie. And it's, not, it's really movie. nice to, to combine it into, into home life. Oh, you're such a, you're so sweet. And I can't wait for Jumanji 2 so we can reunite. <laughs> Jumanji 2, I think it's going to be good. I, I have faith. And I think, oh man, if they make a sequel to this movie. Well, let, let's, let's be yeah. honest though. Whether or not it's good, you're going to give it a must-see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. This one, I, I, I struggle with the must see, but it's just that motorcycle <laughs> is really worth the price of the ticket. When it like, it kind of like comes apart and it's autonomous, but he never tells it to show up. It just shows up. Like, at least in the original Batman, Michael Keaton has some kind of device to bring the car to him and then he, and it knows how to turn and he says stop and it stops. It's like, oh, I get it. He's, he's somehow voice control in 1989. Very impressive. This one, it, it just comes well, to him he, like that's amazing. He definitely says like plot a course for intercept and shit to it. So like that was really cool yeah. too. I mean, all that stuff was great. D- and this, it kind of builds on yeah. D- doesn't Alita Battle Angel have a motorcycle thing kind of like that? They have like a one wheel motorcycle that I don't know if it does anything I, though. I, I feel like there was a scene like the one of Idris going under the truck and reconfiguring or whatever that happened in Alita too. Like, because even that, I thought it was really cool, but I felt like I've seen that this year already, and I don't know why. I see one wheel motorcycles every day in San Francisco. They're just tech bro assholes. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did like how the motorcycle built on the magic of the motorcycle in. Uh, uh, Dark Knight, where his motorcycle somehow can like go up a wall and then switch, go around and kind of like go skinny mode. And uh, that that was – I was very happy to see motor- motorcycle stuff. That was some magic technology I, I enjoyed, unlike the spinal cord and the eyes and the super strength. And he does say bulletproof in the trailer, but then he's just wearing a suit. And that why, pissed me off. Why is it in every movie when a person has a bulletproof suit, they're fine just walking around with their head exposed? Like, nobody's going to shoot the head? Well, he normally really? has a, no a one helmet play video on. Game? <laughs> he normally has a helmet yeah. on, which is, I assume is also bulletproof. Yeah. I, and in the opening the scene same thing. with Vanessa Kirby, he's walking around with his head exposed, and he just, like, couldn't care less about the eight people with guns around well, him. Well, he also does basically deflect bullets with his hand in that scene, so... That was pretty dumb. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he holds up his hand like freaking Neo and just blocks the bullets. But Except like, for the bullets if, don't stop in front of him. They just hit his hand. Yeah. yeah. And he's perfectly fine with that. And then they do all – there's a throwaway line where uh, they give bulletproof super thin tracksuits to The Rock and Jason Statham. It's like that 
It's stupid. We literally fucking reviewed John Wick. (laughs) That's a stupid part of John Wick. I hate that part when he holds up his sleeve and he's just able to block with his jacket. Because the jacket flaps in the wind. It would go through. It would push the jacket out of the way. Oh, that. Oh, don't get me started. I love John Wick so much. Don't make me dislike that movie. (laughs) All right. I love it. Well, before I make you dislike John Wick, we should probably just send everybody on their way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, can I downgrade my month? No, nope, it's, a it's already scene. there. You've got, you got to see The Rock and Jason Statham in a movie together. It's so fun and it's so stupid, though. Yep. David Klein, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Again, I really appreciate it. Always a good time. And we'll see you. With and... Hobbs to Desecration of Sma- Shaw. <laughs> Damn it, I ruined the show. Definition of Shog. <laughs> Jesus. Also, Chris, you forgot to add the colon. Every time you said the name of this movie, I liked how you did that for John Wick. 3. Is there a colon? In- Fast and Furious. In the middle of the episode, I, so. I I did I did check. There is a colon. Okay. Mm. Fast and Furious presents colon. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Hobbs and Shaw. There was a colon in the TSA checkpoint when the Rock tried to get on the plane. Yeah. No. Oh God, you're the worst. <sighs> Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Should I stop recording?